Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. Savings starts with Xfinity. Get a great price on Xfinity Internet. Plus, ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Well, in the first half of the show, we get into uh, tales of the cheap. And then uh, an article from the uh, New York Times, Boys in Their Summer Dresses. Have some fun with that. First, I'll tell you about Geico. Do you own, do you rent your home? Will you do one or the other, and you work hard, right? How about something that's easy? How about you get your bundle going when you take your automotive policy and you put it together with your uh, homeowners or your renter's insurance? That's right. It's called bundling, and Geico makes it easy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could be saving and how easy you could make it when you go to geico.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink. We play games. We have the song of the week. We have the creative curse word of the week. As long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, Carrie Kasem. With Gina Grad on news and Paul Bryan on sound effects and a round of tales from the Jeep. And now, Steak and Lowenbrow. Dolan, you're a genius. Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice, they're going to manage to get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. Love that about you. Right, Gina Grant? That's right. Handball, Brian? Oh, yeah. I've been kind of a shithead. <laughs> Carrie Case was going to join us. You must know Carrie. I do, yeah. I've been from a million years ago at, KS, at KLSX, and she has a tale that, you know, we all kind of know about what happened with her dad. And after everything I went through with my dad that I thought I wouldn't wish this on my worst nightmare, somehow her story's a thousand times worse. Yeah. Maybe evil stepmom. Yeah. Maybe no visitation. Right. Maybe dragging him very sick, very incapacitated from facility to facility, burying him in a country nobody's been to. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. Horrible. Yeah. I wonder. Uh, so she's a widow now, the stepmom. 
Jean, yeah. Well, I don't know if she got remarried or not. She married my dad. She could take him anywhere she wanted to bury him. <laughs> I would not be at the airport. No one would say boo. No. All right. Uh, so we got that. Now, Casey Kasem, of course, you know, from America's Top 40 and all that, all that stuff all those years. But you forget, a lot of people forget he was the original voice of Shaggy. That's right. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Zoinks. And did a lot of. I don't remember. I thought it was Zoinks. I thought it sounded zoinky to me. Zoinks sounds right. um, And uh, then I said to uh, Chris, you know, go back and look at uh, America's Top 40. We should all do this with our. The year you graduated high school, okay. oh, I was uh, I was at an all time, <laughs> I was an all time low. It was uh, nineteen eighty two? Like the okay, the year. Okay. Yeah, the the um, Brian. The, let's just do year year. The economy, <laughs> the economy was bad. Mm-hmm. It, like like going to Home Depot, not Home Depot, Home Savings and Loan. I remember seeing notes up for like a T bill that was getting nineteen oh. percent. Imagine getting 19% return. Put all your money in that. And the economy was shit, and there were no jobs. And I didn't mean, you know, mid-level, medium-paying jobs. I just mean no jobs. The grocery store. No box boy, no work at a liquor store, no walk on a construction site. (laughs) There were no jobs. I had no plan. (laughs) I was a horrible student. My football playing days were over. And I was just living in my dad's garage, and I would just go walk around looking for jobs. During that, I was putting up signs saying, like, I'll mow your lawn. Oh, God. Stuff. Something I, like a 10-year-old would do. I put a sign up on Coldwater Canyon. People put signs up on yeah. the telephone poles, all the traffic. You know, I'll yeah. mow your lawn. Uh, I screwed up my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong phone your number. Your neighbor got tons of work that yeah. year. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, It'd be nice if that's the way it worked. Like, you're off a digit and your neighbor's phone blows up. Yeah. At least you could settle that one. Like, hey, Stan, anyone inquiring <laughs> yeah, about lawn maintenance, send them <laughs> over. But uh, it, oftentimes, uh, multiple houses yeah, away. Many, it, 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 how, many, how many phones didn't ring until you realized oh, that? Oh, I think I went back up and checked after mm-hmm. nothing, like mm-hmm. three days of nothingness. But people would put people would put signs. Yeah. Up on Coldwater Canyon, there was also kind of a lot, sort of a dirt lot at the top where, where like Mulholland was. And Laurel would be the same way. And people would park their cars there and put the for sale. Oh. How crazy the for sale yep. in right. the window, that, right? And on Coldwater, but I did that on uh, Sentinel on West L.A. You just yeah, park your car? Day, yeah. Yep. So uh, I remember looking at these songs and I remember hearing it and it, and it was like not only was uh i at a sort of low point in my life but uh musically i was not not vibing very well either hall and oats was oh. man was goddamn man eater from it was my too? least favorite song from then or which early. hall and oats was Th- it this one is going to be i can't go for that oh, oh no can do that is bad <laughs> as well it's pretty rough it's pretty rough it's not as bad as man eater but it's Pretty. It's one of the sort of Hall and Oates talky songs yeah. where they just kind of talk through the song. God, they have some great songs and some terrible songs, yeah. and that's one of the bad ones. I don't know if this is a tool tune or a good song or a bad song to you guys, but you know what song constantly gets stuck in my head? Rich Girl. It's fun. That's mm-hmm. a fun yeah. enough song. I, I, it's always I like in my song. head. It's yeah. It, it's kind of – it's it's an interesting thing because fashion – and the zeitgeist shapes the music so much, mm-hmm. right? So I would imagine if you took a young George Carlin or maybe a young 
Seinfeld, like from the 70s or something, mm-hmm. and you showed them their act, and they'd go, oh, well, 10 years later, I started, that's when I was coming in right. my own. I was right. talking about, I was, I was doing a little less jokes. and A little, a little less hippy-dippy weatherman. A little, little more of the stuff that had some meat on right. the bone, and they'd probably wince. Right. It's got to be weird for Hall and Oates to do really good songs in the mid early seventies. Yeah. You know, really blue eyed soul shit yeah. harmonies and everything. And then by the early eighties, you're, you're basically doing Mr. Roboto. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and you you got to you'd have to look like sonically. You have an ear. Like you got to go. We just we did. I can't go for that. You in did Man one Eater. on one. <laughs> you can do a great right. song. We've done. All these great songs. Why? What? What's happening now? Mm. And I think people were so corrupted by that period. Like we talked about, like you had to have this hairdo, yeah. and you had to drive this kind of car, and you had, <laughs> you to, had to have a neon backdrop, cocaine, and yeah. and you had to get a nagel painting, like mm. hanging up on your your brick facade, and you, next to your heavy bag, right. and your Harley, and your bachelor apartment. I everyone was so moved and swayed that they just went fucking south. So what, bands that yeah. were good in the Early mid seventies, they got swept. Seven up. years later, we're cranking out shit that right. is embarrassing to them now. Yeah, it just made me think of the ultimate mall montage song when you're trying on several outfits to your friend finally gives you the thumbs up, uh, making my dreams come true. Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. Song. I like that. Song. Now, are, is it a Peppy? tool tune or a guilty pleasure? I don't think it's a good song. I like that song. Yeah, it's fine. I love that song. Do we admit that? I'm fine with that one. Oh, great. It's a peppy, poppy song. Finger popping music. You guys see 500 Days of Summer? No. Joseph Gordon Levitt? It's a great scene with that. He he makes love to, uh, what's her name? The fucking. um, Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel, thank you. And he's so overwhelmed with joy that uh, he takes to the streets and starts dancing. And the whole, it's it's a fantasy (laughs) sequence, of course. The entire uh, New York block starts to dance with him. I wish I would have done that. I would have seen it. It's a good good scene. (laughs) So, what other songs, or do we have Casey doing any of them? Yeah, let's let's take a listen. This is from uh, February of 1982. Well, now there's a third white duo who have hit number one in the Soul Survey. Two weeks ago, a song by a pair of men from Philadelphia made it to number one on both the Soul and the Pop Chart. Hey, Dawson. This week, there it is at number two on both the Soul and the Pop Chart. Talking up that song. Hall and John Oates. I can't go for that. No can do. (laughs) (laughs) I can't go for that. You know, me and a buddy, we'd listen to Casey's classic replays uh-huh. all the time and how high are you oh and incredibly high uh, very drunk as well <laughs> super high all right but uh we were listening to this one i forget what year it was but it was the year that uh taco <laughs> oh band, yeah of course and casey Kasem, swear to god verbatim he says a taco is a mexican sandwich <laughs> <laughs> Oh, clean. man. Yeah. I need that clean. <laughs> That's an L.A. of your man. We had to explain what a taco was. No, no candy. So uh, who else? What were the other hits from uh, 82? 83. 83 may have been the bottom sonically, but 82 had a lot of shit songs on there that bothered the fuck out of me as well. Either way, if it was February 82, I was still in high school and doing okay. It's really once we got got to June. That's that's when the the 12 and a half year slide began. It was a slightly over decades uh, slide. 
Um, all right. I look for that. You want to hear the top 10 from my graduating? Yeah, I want to hear top 10 from my graduating class, Gina's and uh, Bald's as Very, well. First of all, I was wildly out of touch. I obsessively listened to the Beatles throughout entire my entire high school career. I, I knew not of these songs. Mm-hmm. Probably could have told you at the time what these songs were. Very R&B heavy. Uh, number 10 was Twisted by Keith Sweat. Uh, You're Making Me High by Tony Braxton. Yeah. Uh, Donna Lewis, the cro- oh no, that's uh, I love you always forever. The Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh sure, that's a, a breakout. Uh, Give me one reason by Tracy Chapman. Mm-hmm. Pleasant enough. Always be my baby, Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows by the Tony Rich Project. Great song that was a huge hit. That I don't no, know one, it. no one even knows. Do you know that? Nobody song? Nobody knows. If I heard it, if it was a hit, and I heard it. I would know, but Chris, get the Tony Rich project. No one knows. By that time, I was pretty much exclusive listening to K Rock, so mm. I uh, missed all make, the yeah. all the top of the charts. That's stuff. a beautiful song. Uh, because you love me by Celine Dion. Yeah, one sweet day, Mariah Carey and mm. Boyz II Men, and uh, number one single of 1996, The Macarena. Oh, oh bad times. I'm glad. Oh, well, we were talking off the air about Mambo number five and Lou Vega. Vega. Oh, yeah, it was a little bit later, but I was. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's stuck in my head because I've had, you know, when you do Loveline, the radio show and Loveline, the TV show and all this stuff, you have these these people cycle through, Mm. you know, and there were a couple that I remember. I remember what's her name from the first episode of survivor with the kind of frizzy hair who oh, was cute yeah. bitch and she got a lot of heat she was like the the bad the villain or it's like the bad girl mm-hmm. back not hasselback a different one reality tv didn't first season. no no she was a bad girl Gina. you never heard from her again oh, okay. yeah yeah she was i so i have these two distinct conversations that are lodged in my head one was with her <laughs> she came on love line and you know 2000 mm-hmm. and uh playboy had offered her that's right five hundred thousand dollars to pose you know and like i i said to her it must have been season one it was it was uh the uh, survivor debuted in like may of 2000 and she was april a, she was a big like breakout star yeah. and she was getting offers back when you'd get an offer for playboy and like i said to her um well, maybe you should take the 500 grand. And she's like, no way. Like, there's a lot more coming down the road, you oh, know? And, and my I, gravy train hasn't come in yet. I said to her, I was trying to be tactful, but you know how that works out. Mm. And I was like, well, but the next season's going to start. Then there's going to be another season. And then maybe, maybe Playboy yep. is not knocking on the door mm. anymore. Maybe, uh, maybe you should, you know, make hay while the sun shines. And she's like, looked at me and she goes, I'm an actress too. Like I, I can act. Like so, I'm just going to be see on the stage of the Oscars working as an actor. I don't, I don't need this yet. Act like someone who can take her clothes off and right payday. Didn't hear much from her, and then uh, Mambo Number Five had same conversation with Lou Bega on uh, Loveline, the TV show. Mm. Probably said to him like, "Well, you know." uh, some version of it was such a one-hit wonder oh. that I was kind of trying to suggest. You trying to help? You, you got to milk this. Well, it's like you don't ask that of Eddie Vedder when Pearl Jam's first right. record comes out. Like you got to got to save all that money, Eddie. We don't know if this is all going to cl- shut shut down the next day or so. You know, but Lou yeah. and I, I like said to him like, well, you know, so you want to save your money and be conservative and. Uh, Start thinking about it. And he was like, what are you talking about? I just got started. Like, Three words th- for you, Mambo number six. Uh, right. Like this this gravy t- train just started rolling. <laughs> just left the station. That was, uh, that was Lou's take on it. 
You have my top 10 from uh, my graduating year? Yeah, so number 10, it's going to take a miracle, Denise Williams. Never heard it's going to take a miracle. Number 9, Hurts So Good, John Cougar. Yeah, oh, that didn't get I, fucked out at I, all. I fucking, that song annoyed the shit out of me. Then, when it came out, it annoyed the shit out of you? Or yes. Since? I was always pretty annoyed. Okay. Number 8. I was annoyed because... Remember, I've had the same haircut for right. 50 years. Right. Like I was like, I, if I saw anything coming that I didn't think we'd like in 20 we, we years, I'm like, well, I'm not going to enjoy this. Yeah. And everyone else was enjoying it and getting late. Go Got ahead. It. Number eight, Let It Whip, Daz Band. What? I don't know what that is. I mm-hmm. feel like we'd know it. Guys know it. Yeah, yeah we'll know. <laughs> if you've been to a wedding. Number seven, Crimson and Clover, Joan Jett. Oh, that, now we got, now we got, we got Joan Jett remaking a horrible Tommy uh, Jane and the Shant, Tommy James and the oh, Shandell right, yeah. song. Blah. That uh, everyday You're going to know this one. Let oh, it whip. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it a funk whip. R&B yeah. song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, sure, sure. Uh, you already know this one, right? Yeah. All right. What else we got, sir? Number six, Heat of the Moment. Asia. I love that yes. song. I like that song. I love that song. I'm totally down with that song. Gina, you know that song? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Dawson, fire hit of the... <laughs> Dawson's always got it at the ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the greatest supergroup in the history of supergroups. This song rules. Yeah, it rules. It's, it's got some tool tune in it, oh, yeah. but it's a good song. I never meant to be so bad. Like a yeah. skate, a skating rink song. Yeah, it's a good song. Feature prominently the forty-year-old virgin. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. All right, top five, number five, always on my mind. Willie Nelson. Oh, sure. all right, okay. sure. Number four, the other woman, Roy Parker, Ju- Ray Parker Jr. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I don't oh. remember that one. Ray's other hand. Yeah, I gotta hear that. <laughs> um, number three, Rosanna Toto. Oh, yeah, I like those right. great Not harmonies. Number two, Don't You Want Me. Oh, don't you want me, baby. Oh. That song drones. <laughs> and also, the thing that was super annoying about those songs back then, it's like you could not control your own musical destiny. I could not afford albums or mixtapes or anything. It was whatever was on the radio. And then Don't You Want Me was one of those kind of talky tell the story yeah. songs and I had to picture her working as a waitress right. at a cocktail bar and like yeah. I had to picture him yeah. the whole tableau was going in my head about him walking in and her it's being clockwork there. orangey like you couldn't get it out of your I head couldn't get it out alright now before I get to number one some honorable mentions here oh. number 18 was I've Never Been to Me by Charlene oh, oh God. Gina. that's my favorite song number 15 8675309 Jenny yeah mm-hmm. and uh um, all right, let's go to the number one uh, song. That's Ebony and Ivory, Paul McCartney. Oh, <laughs> oh. Pleasant enough. <laughs> side by yeah. side on my piano keyboard. Yeah. Oh, Lord, why can't we? Do you guys remember the SNL sketch from that era? Yeah, with, Episcopo. Uh, with, with, yeah, Sinatra and Stevie Wonder. You and are you are <laughs> what? You're as blind as a bat, and I have sight. <laughs> side by side, you're my amigo, Negro. Let's not fight. Excellent. <laughs> uh, I was I was always bumped by that song because ten years earlier. Oh yeah, Jerry Manthe was the survivor. Yes, Chick. Jerry. Oh, wow. Jerry Manthe. Yeah. Um, 
10 years earlier, Three Dog Night had a much better version of of that song. Really? Uh-huh. I don't think I ever heard it. Uh, oh, you've heard it. Of their version of... Oh, no, no. Sorry. Oh. Three Dog Night did their black and I, white. I, I, black. black. The page is white. <laughs> that was on Freedom Rock, man. Turn that, it up, man. That was a much right. Agreed. better yes. version of what they were trying to, yes. to get across. All right. Uh, Max Pat is going to come in here and we'll finish up some of these trending topics. Oh, my God. Also, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I genuinely like this song. Gotta have more cowbell, man. Someone doesn't work on a cowbell. Must be just must be ten years, right? Right before, right? Seventy one, seventy two. I love this song. Oh yeah, it's got a little Caribbean beat too. It's got a nice build to it. Neil Diamond. By the way, this song is 50 years old, and if you turn on the news, mm. all it is is systemic racism. Well, you can see how far it's we've just come. It's all racism. It's like we're right 50 years ago. The boys from Three Dog Night were trying to put this fucking thing to bed. No way. We ripped the bandaid right the fuck off yeah. that racism wound. Yeah. And we're back. All right. Uh, Max Pat will do from there. Yeah, um, I just had a couple extra things. Dawson has that article from the Times that I never got to that was a couple, a week old or something. The boys in their summer dresses. I think this is from um, New York Times. New York Times. The title is The Boys in Their Summer Dresses? That's mm-hmm. what it is. The Boys in Their Summer Dresses. Mm-hmm. Go on. Gender fluidity enters its next phase as men increasingly step out in skirts and frocks. Really? Here's the other really thing, too. I've not noticed that once. <laughs> there's no article that convince you. You should never hear an article that convinces you of shit you've never seen before or just rarely ever, right. never. Yeah. You, you know, you could read as many articles about how dangerous sharks are, but if you've been in the ocean 10,000 no. times and no one you've heard of has ever been even seen a shark no. in the ocean... Please don't get too swept up in right. this shark story. And and the, the the stories used to reflect trends. Like we're reporting on this thing that everyone is seeing as opposed to here's something you're going to see or here's something that is – well, We hope to manifest. Yeah, that well, we hope to be, uh, speak yes, into it's, existence. It's a, it, it, it went from reflecting tw- trends like, hey, Studio 54 is blowing up. Right. Let, write an article about it. Mick Jagger was there. This is them trying to pull you into a fucking trend that you're never going to be pulled right. into. Mm-hmm. And you kind of hope we don't end up in. But go ahead. Well, the journalism here is just on point. Because, first of all, is there any job less impressive than a substitute teacher? No. Okay, well, they Podcast got one. They got one and they, they quoted one. him. <laughs> Quote, some days call for jeans and sneakers, said Brendan Dunlap, a substitute teacher in Mission <laughs> District of San Francisco. Then, quote, some days... A little sundress feels right. <laughs> it seems fairly unlikely that when Irwin Shaw You know wrote, his dad's a decorated Marine, right? <laughs> <laughs> when Irwin Shaw wrote The Girls in Their Summer Dresses, his classic uh, poem, whatever, to a million wonderful women all over the city drifting along the pavement as warm breezes trugged, tugged at their hems, 
he could have envisioned a day when those girls would as likely be men as likely sexist and dated (laughs) as Shaw's much anthologized 1939 story may be. It did lay out truths about urban existence and the unalloyed joy of looking at dudes. I, 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 uh, hey, that guy crosses his legs on that park bench. I'm going to catch some sack, dude. I'm sitting. I'm eating my lunch across from him. But he didn't say this is this is all the rage in Boise. This is the Mission District of San Francisco. Well, those pleasures largely withheld over the last 16 months have returned as we venture forth from our caves. To the delighted surprise of at least one observer. Oh, there you go. A considerable number of us apparently used the time uh, in confinement to rethink uh, some sibilants. Sure. Sibilants? Sibilants. Yeah. About who gets to wear what. Coa Sinclair, you, how much for time instance. did you guys spend thinking about who gets to wear what? It's constantly on my mind. Like <laughs> Willie Nelson said, always on my mind. <laughs> Coa Sinclair, for instance, treated lockdown as a time of experimentation, a chance to push a style already liberated from rigid binary conventions into the realm of next-level femininity. Let me tell you the other experimenting that went on in that dude's apartment. I wonder if this candlestick will fit my ass. (laughs) There was a lot of experimentation going on in that dude's flat. Wasn't all about attire. Well, this person, Sinclair, that they're addressing, uh, it's not Mr., it's not Mrs., it's not Miss, it's MX Sinclair, Mm. 26 years old. On a recent after warm afternoon sauntering through Domino Park, you only saunter if you're an MX, right? Mm -hmm. Well, anyone in a dress can saunter. Okay. Uh, Through Domino Park in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, slick forelock curled in an anime flip, inked arms emerging from the sleeves of a sinuous... Issy Miyake pleaded dress. This is verbose. Yeah. yeah. For the I longest time, people were so stuck on being one way or the other, MX Sinclair said, referring to waning gendered dress codes. Queer people have been playing with this for a long time, but now you see a lot of guys in dresses no, that you don't. won't identify at all as feminine. I should call Garagos and ask him how many guys in dresses he's seen walking through Manhattan in the last <laughs> 10 years. Uh, by the way, why do we, who, why, you see, I'd be a horrible editor because you go like, I'm going to do an op-ed piece on Sunrise. How about the fucking price of lumber? <laughs> fucking CDX flies, uh, 89 bucks. Let's both lit off this thing. It's coming down. Yeah, I know. Well, I, 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 I saw, saw a tweet about that. It's coming down. But no thanks to this guy. No. <laughs> if he'd wrote a scathing indictment of the price of dimensional lumber, this um, could have happened yeah. a That's lot right. faster. That's right. my fence. All right. Uh, yeah, I remember we were talking about Harry Hay, the leader, the pioneer of the modern Los Angeles gay movement. And uh, my grandmother loved him because he would show up to her cocktail parties in a dress and pearls. Oh, man. And I was What's like, going on for you? I was like 14. I was like, that dude's a douche. Do you understand and are you okay with the fact that like I oh, <laughs> you, looking at a picture. Do you know it. how badly I wish I knew your grandmother and like went to her parties? First off, you guys. You guys would have loved each other. Oh, God. I just, I weep for the, the times I missed with that woman. She um, she smoked uh, those European cigarettes that were so European, they weren't even brown. They were multicolored. What? Like they were purple and pink. Where'd yeah. you get them from? Europe. 
she I wasn't know, but the corner store. She wasn't even. She wasn't even really. She wasn't really, really even smoker. She's oh, a little affectation. She liked the way that? this cool. If, if she was a smoker, she was got Paul Malls or right, something right, and right. smoke smoke that. This is it, was, show. it was a lifestyle brand. Yeah. It, it yeah. said more about what she was all right. about and what she was into. Right, and then drove a old Peugeot when everyone else was driving Chevys lifestyle and Mercury's <laughs> and stuff, and she was she was. Married a Hungarian guy. Mm. Like her whole thing was, I'm going to signal to the world mm. that I'm of European. I have this whole right. this, bohemian. Th- this whole bohemian European. I hang around with a guy in a dress. Mm. All my friends have like thick accents and speak different languages. But Monday morning, <laughs> dude in a Chevy Love with a camper shell on it would fucking honk that horn in front of the shack she lived in in North Hollywood. And she'd have to fucking climb in, yeah. sit on his bench seat, and listen to country music as they went over the 405 <laughs> the to take VA. her fucking shitty job at the VA. And that's when I learned about bullshitters. Wow. That's when I was like, oh, baby, you love Europe so much. It was always just this thing. And in Europe, you know, and blah, 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 but still living but now, in the shit box with no air and hopping in the Chevy Love. Do you think this was your mom's way of rebelling by being super, like, bland and pissed? As opposed to flamboyant, yeah. I my my grandmother was was like big and flamboyant and loud Brash. and life Br- of the brassy. party and mm. brassy, a big clamp on earrings oh. and a glass of wine in her hand and a multi gay flag cigarette yes. burning on her fingertips and um, and, it had a real smoke. <laughs> and my mom was uh, my mom was essentially like cream of wheat with nothing in it. <laughs> Like not even one raisin, right. like she's like, no cinnamon, Ugh. yeah, right. No, that yeah. the scariest moment I ever had at my um, and and my, and my grandmother was a horrible mom to her right. because my grandmother. I've talked about this with Drew a little bit. He had this mom too, but his mom was the life of the party. When when your mom's the life of the party, you're the kid. The, right. You're not. The, you're supposed to be the life of the party. Right. You know, the mom's supposed to give it all up. For you, but as, as Bette Midler said, it must have been cold there in my shadow. Yes. What are you talking about? That's right. <laughs> oh, that little shit's going with me, yeah, too, he's, uh, Golden. He's, he's fine. He's just fine. Yeah, what are you going to the stage? <laughs> what are you going to the merch booth? These arguments. you got to wear pants, Sonny. We're going to be in a nightclub. Mm. And a shirt? What kind of shirt? Just buttons. With no, buttons? Collar. Yeah. yeah, like a shirt. Like you have to, we're going out. With sleeves, like oh, a sleeve boy. button. Oh, such a negotiation getting to put anything other than a t-shirt and um, basketball trunks on. Anyway, so wherever would he get that? that from? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, listen, if you want to, <laughs> listen. I look. Mark Zuckerberg's in flip flop somewhere right That's now. True, you got to fucking earn those flip flops. You get to earn it for me. Yeah. <laughs> so you're bemoaning it. I know. Well. I just I don't I don't like the argument. You got to yeah. put the shirt on, uh, put the uh, pants on, and go to I the fucking so. club. It's a time and a place for God's sake. Right, right. Wait till he starts realizing that girls respond to well dressed guys, then it's gonna it's gonna change on a dime. God, right? God willing. So, uh, by the way, few tickets left because they opened up more sales. They added more tickets onto uh, Golden, <clears> and that'll be uh, tomorrow and then uh, Saturday as well. So uh, Sunday will be working the merch anyway. <clears throat> yes, my my mother was sort of beaten down into this sort of mess who couldn't figure out um, whether to turn right or left mm. in the, and on, on the road to life. 
would never render a decision. Couldn't like if you know if you said to her, "What do you think of this?" You're like, "Oh, I, I don't know." How should I know that? How, how should I know? Like, I, I don't know. How much money does does your husband make? Like, well, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. It was like everything was like, I don't know, I don't know. Kind of like no identity. And my grandmother was like, "I got enough personality for eight, all eight people in this room." Right. But <clears throat> after Grandma died, um couple of years later because we you know we're slowing the draw we're having the wake over at her house and and then everyone knew my grandmother only from her potluck parties so she was uh she'd essentially throw a party and then tell everyone to bring, bring everything yeah. she'd su- supply the sporks and the in the paper t- paper towels <laughs> you, keep you know this going to the yeah, wake genius. i know <laughs> so we had a potluck wake did you and, really yeah i'm oh. sure of it and then one of one of the old friends like saw my mom and went like, "Oh, Chris, oh Helen, oh what must it have been like to be raised <laughs> by Helen us. Gorog?" You know, and I was like, "Mom, don't lose yeah, it, yeah, yeah. don't <laughs> fucking together. break." You're almost at the finish line. Don't see my tell mom's the truth. face turning, and I was like, don't, don't, "Come on, everyone's wearing a fucking jacket. Just don't break down. Uh, Do not fucking come undone at this party." <laughs> yeah. All right. She should have mastered the art of lying, or uh, not lying without lying. Like it really was something. Yeah, yeah. It really she was, sure was something. To she be, was a lot. To be fair to my mom, she just did a. Oh, it was something. Like she yeah. did one of those <laughs> yeah. ambiguous things. Oh, Helen's Helen. You know, unforgettable. Not going to be another one of her. Yeah, still thinking about it. And yeah. we uh, we moved right the fuck on, thankfully. But I was scared <laughs> to shit for a second. Um, also, oh no, was it my. It was at my grandfather's wake, same living room, same house, same place, uh, 15 years earlier, when one of my one of my grandmother's old friends, Hank Gale, the, the woman's name, Hank, bad taste in my mouth because I helped them move when I was like 15 and they paid me shit. And I fucking mm. hustled my ass off like the whole day and I'm like, here's a $10 bill after oh, nine really? hours of fucking moving that old bag. But anyway. Sorry, her name was Hank Gale? Hank Gale. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Sitting there and... Like, was it short for Henrietta? It had to be. No fucking idea. Yeah. <laughs> Move the woman's entire belongings from a house off Woodrow Wilson into a condo in Santa Monica. Got 10 bucks and never asked her where the fuck she got her name. But she... Um, no, it was... To be honest, it was one of those fucked up things where I was like training as a high school athlete and I'd grab a whole box of books and I'd run up the oh, steep driveway and put them on my back and run. Mm-hmm. You know, I was trying to turn it into a workout. And then at the end, it was just one of those things where it was, I, I moved, I, I, I did the whole work of a moving company in, in like a 10 hour day. And at the end of the day, she was, you know, it was like, well, you worked um, 10 hours and then that's, and it's $5 an hour, but then and then there's lunch, you know, so like, here's, Back that out. here's $45. Like, can you break a 50 kind of thing? And it's like, oh, fucking just give me a tip with yeah. you, old witch. Anyway, she was sitting next to me, my grandfather's wake. And um, she just turned to me and she goes, I turned on the TV set and I saw you and you talked about defecating for 20 minutes. And I oh, said, she caught you defecating. Yeah, yeah, I said... Uh, it couldn't have been 20 minutes. That's not how TV works, you know? <laughs> no she's break. Like, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Uh, and she's one of these old bags that's 
they're, they know exactly what they saw, but yeah. that's all they know. Yeah. You go, what TV? I don't know what channel it was. Okay. You don't know what channel it was. Out. When was it? Was it at night? I don't remember. You talked about, she, the only thing she knew is 20 minutes of they me. They blew out the commercial breaks. <laughs> talking about defecating. And uh, that's as far wow. as I, as far as I got with her. All right. Well. That was a trending you're, topic. You're off the hook with <laughs> trending topics because we got uh, tales from the cheap. Right. We'll take a uh, quick break. Come back with tales from the cheap right after this. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies. At Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. It's time to check Adam's voicemail. Hi, guys. Matt from Tempe. Hey, Sam, what are your thoughts on the hypothetical of fast food establishments becoming completely uh, autonomous with robots? There's no one slicing the onions. There's no one grilling the burger. No one collecting the payment. It's all scans. And boom. Done. Boom. Your thoughts, please. Get it on. You can leave us a message at 888-634-1744. I'm fine with it. I mean, uh, people would have been freaked out by a Roomba vacuum cleaner a few years back, and then you kind of adjust. We're slowly kind of wading into the autonomous pool till we get to the deep end. You know, everyone thought, people thought uh, surgery's done by robotics or something, and now it's, you'd prefer it done that way. (laughs) And then, and also... You know, we just saw that uh, McDonald's video yeah. from uh, yesterday. Think about the folks that are working at one of those places. You know what I what mean? they're we're, being put through. We're not really, you know, like if you say like, I don't want a robot making my burger. Oh, you want the guy with the learning disability who's the bottom of his class in high school and has a couple little, of priors, little pro- <laughs> some priors and some skin issues that he yeah. can't really leave yeah. alone. You want that, that yeah. guy, the guy just beat off in the... <laughs> In the well, faculty that's, bathroom. That's that, what I was going to say. That how many less snot rockets yeah. in your food now? You want Adam Carolla, young Adam Carolla, flipping your guy. I do burgers? not. No. How? None of us. True. How? By the way, I never even thought about this, but we'd always heard the stories about you know cops getting the loogie burger right. and uh, chronicled in in uh, casino. Fun. Casino, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, with all the fucking cop shit going on these days, I mean, people are bonking them on the head when they're walking yeah. down the street and yeah. throwing water on them. How no. freaked out do you got to be? I, if I'm a cop these days, I'm fucking waiting outside that fast food place and finding some 19-year-old black yes. kid and just go go order <laughs> something. Five, five not, bucks in it for you. Yeah. Not ordering glazed donuts. Hey, no. <laughs> you God only damn. go to restaurants with open kitchens. Right. All right. Uh, we got uh, the uh, opening tales from the cheap, by the way. 20-year-old Tupperware. Homemade clothes. Powdered eggs. It's time for Tales from the Cheap. I like the efficiency of line one. This is uh, brought to you by our fine friends over at JB Weld. 
by the way, and we'll have a care package for whoever we think is the cheapest. Brian, 44, Columbus, Hi, Ohio. Guy. Hi, guy. Hey, it's Paul Gina. I love you guys. Been listening for about nine years, wow. and uh, being on Tales for the cheap, from the Cheap is a dream come true. <laughs> you should aim higher, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? So I've been waiting for this moment for quite some time. I've got quite a good list of items going on here. I don't know how much time you got, but I'm going to start with this story. Uh, you know, we grew up in the Cleveland area, and uh, every year my dad would take a, a bear hunting trip up to Canada. Wow. So when he would come back, I would kind of notice some Canadian coins around the house, and I didn't really think too much of it at the time. But eventually, what I realized he was doing was converting American money to Canadian coins. Now, 30 years ago, when he was doing this, he could maybe get, if he spent $10 American, he could get $13.50 in Canadian quarters. So then, he would bring the Canadian quarters back to the U.S., and spend them because nobody would like really question it and they would just treat them like American quarters. So mm. he would take, <laughs> so, and as an American, he couldn't even go into the bank and do this. So he had to give his Canadian friends $40. They'd come out of the bank with $54 in Canadian quarters. He'd bring them back to the States and spend them here. Your dad's a Bond villain? <clears throat> Bought his first F-150 at all quarters. So the Canadian quarter and the U.S. quarter were close enough? In look and size? Yeah. Like, I mean, here, like, I guess we're kind of close enough to Canada that I didn't, uh, you know, you would kind of see some Canadian quarters enough. So people would just take them. But kind of looking back on the situation, I have to wonder if all the Canadian quarters that I saw were just the ones that he put into circulation over the years. Was your dad hunting bear, or was he banging his guma over in <laughs> Quebec? I, well, he always made the trip with his one buddy, so oh, let's hope that so uh, they were that. hunting bear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. That's what yeah. they call it. Will, Willem Dafoe's character from uh, the Bob Crane movie. Oh, God. <laughs> Was bring his video equipment yeah. so, over, over to Kinnear's house? Was Kinnear yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like Snapshot or something. God, was that not a bad movie, by the way? Autofocus. Autofocus. I'm no mathematician, but just to be clear, we essentially heard a story where, Brian, your dad spent 40 bucks to smuggle back in three and a half bucks. Uh, well, okay. I'd say the com- I, I went back and looked at the historical conversion rates and. I think for probably the $40 he'd give his buddy to go into the bank, he'd probably walk out of there with like $54 worth of Canadian my coins. My bad, 14 bucks. And so on top of that, my you know, so he'd net about $14 yeah. in the transaction. Yeah, and, uh, you know, <laughs> so then it. he would like probably, he loved rummage sales. Uh-huh. So yes, I'm sir. sure he would like go to rummage sales. Somebody would want. 50 cents for something, he'd offer them a quarter and then give them a Canadian quarter. <laughs> yeah. Did, uh, take that. Did he ever come back with a bear? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. He did pretty good up there. I think. What do you do with a bear? Of a bear to me Rugs. is too majestic yeah. to, to shoot. Yeah. Uh, number one. Number two, though, it sends a message. 
Because you'll kill like, this, you'll kill anything. If you, if you, if you, like, if someone says, I, I'm into fly fishing, and I just fish, and then oh. what do you do? I just catch and release. Uh, that's you're a dad. The, that's you're a dad. The sport of it. Yeah, you're in for the sport of it. Or but the activity or whatever. If you can shoot bears, then you can say to your son, you clean this fucking room, <laughs> I'm coming back. And that's a guy's capable right. of anything. You know right. what I'm capable of. Yeah, you weigh a lot less than a bear, yeah. and you're certainly, at this point in your life, less used to humanity. Like, I, I just mean, that that's a guy who could shoot a human. Yeah. Not saying your dad's a homicidal maniac. I'm just saying, once you establish uh, a baseline of, I can shoot bears, you can shoot anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, he keeps a forty-four by his bedside at all times. God there you him. go. All right. Um, that's good. I, I, he, yeah, I mean, it's I, calorie I, oh, yeah, I have a pretty good list here. If you want another quick one, I do. But I, did you, I, I do this uh, once a year where I just marvel at, at human beings. Mm. Like my dad's never owned a gun. Mm. I, he's never held the gun. I guarantee he's never put a gun in his hand. So Your dad. You, you know, has made a cigarette lighter out of out of one of his like like she's always there. Yeah. It's part. He's going to Canada. He's yeah. converting coins. Like, how do how do we account for this? Like, some people just I mean, don't get me wrong. Your dad's a loser. But what I'm saying is he's going out and he's doing like all this crazy shit. Calorie burning loser. Like, never, never shot anything. Yeah. Never picked up anything. Never strapped on cleats. Never. Never converted Canadian. Probably never been to. Can- I'm sure he's never been to Canada. No. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry, one more. I'm sure his. Uh, I'm sure a lot of his hunting things revolved around getting cheap meat. So, mm. mm-hmm. um, so <laughs> one other thing I will mention. He uh, back in the day we didn't have uh, like access to rural water. We kind of were in the country. We had like pond water for the house. So at some point, my parents bought like one of those five-gallon jug dispensers. And my dad would go, you know, take a 10-minute drive to, like, the spring water dispensary and spend 300 or spend, like, 350 to fill up a couple of those five-gallon jugs. Well, eventually he got sick of making the drive, spending $5 on water and gas. So he eventually realized that the cemetery down at the end of the street had a spigot. So he would wait till nighttime, take his five-gallon jugs down to the cemetery, and fill them up with water. It's a it's a diabolical crime because if you're if you go to the cemetery and you steal bodies or you steal Mm -hmm. gravestones, Mm -hmm. it's immediately apparent to whoever shows up the next day. Of course. Water is a tough one to pin. Yeah, yeah. who's going to rat? Left the fucking sprinklers on. Look at this bill. Like, Haunted. There's yeah. nothing you can do about it. There's yeah. no, untraceable. Your dad's a genius. Oh, I'm telling you, I could go on for days with these stories. But I'm sure his best year was $29,000, right? Like, uh, He was a machine shop teacher. He taught tool and die. Oh, oh um, shit. And yeah, I don't think he was ever rich, but um, you know he had he had a lot of ways to uh, squeeze some extra pennies out of it. And I got to give him credit; I think he was fifty-seven when he retired. So uh, you know he did pretty good for himself. He's uh, going to be eighty here this, in a few weeks. Uh, him and my mom go down to Florida every year, so he's, uh, he's steal some mints and head on years. back. <laughs> um, well, you know, because I think the. 
I think the thought that everyone has is like speaking of school teachers. Thanks, Brian. You're in the running. Um, you know, we always always remember the school teachers going like, if you put half as much time into your homework and your studies and you're talking yep. and making this and screwing around, you'd be an A student. But I do, you know, my dad was a flatliner, so there was no discussions of like, Jim, if you spend as much time right. working on. But his dad was getting up, going yeah. to the cemetery, hit the spigot, you know, filling up the bottles. Like, you got to think if that guy started a business or found some yeah. other way to direct that energy into a slightly more entrepreneurial direction, probably could be sitting on some cash right now. Jared is 37. <laughs> Number two makes me sad. From uh, Montana. Jared. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hi, hey. guy. Hey, guy. Hey, is everyone it's an moving? Honor to be on with you guys. Is everyone moving to Montana? I, everyone is moving to Montana. I heard, crazy here. heard some report. I think it's uh, Illinois, New York, and maybe then L.A. or you know Chicago, New York, L.A. or whatever we're doing. But top three of everyone's moving out. Uh, Montana's up. Maybe at the top of well, everyone's moving in. Not only that, but that's now the trendy place to have your honeymoon. Uh, I think it's yeah, trendy place to vacation, yeah. trendy place to buy vacation homes. You noticing that's, a lot of like out of town plates and people buying up stuff. You know, I actually uh, I work in banking, and so we end up financing a lot of mm-hmm. people. And yeah, we're seeing a lot of out of out of staters coming in and buying real estate and. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Cost of housing has gone up substantially in the last, you know, 18 months. And so it's definitely, uh, it's not a sleepy little town anymore. That's for sure. What, guys, which city are you in? I'm in Missoula. That's the literally the only place I've in Montana I've ever fantasized about going. Is it still magical as it is and a river runs through it? You know, it's, I grew up here and I uh, lived out in Portland, Oregon for a while and ended up moving back because we were realizing that we spent all of our vacation time in Montana. So we figured if we're going to spend our vacation time there, we may as well just live here. So we took a uh, pretty substantial pay cut to move back and raise our family wow. here. So I, I think it's pretty magical. That's the line I remember. for the, it's, it's the number of assholes increases the further one gets from Missoula, Montana. Yeah, hmm. Norman McLean. Yeah. Nope. Uh, I'm thinking about maybe moving there. Uh, do you guys have a P.F. Chang's? That is one thing we do not have oh, yet. Oh, P.F. Scratch Chang's. it off the list? It's coming. I know, I know. I've been thinking about that for you, but uh, we're not quite on that level yet. Well, give me a buzz when you guys break <laughs> ground. I-, I will do that. All right. Tell me about your chief family. All right. So growing up, you know, a child of the 90s, um, back in the day, you-, you couldn't find a Ziploc container in the grocery store. And so your options for food containers or food storage was either you know, overly expensive Tupperware or uh, makeshift recycled items. And, of course, my family fell in the recycled items uh, category there. So I have this very distinct memory of being in a secondhand store with my family. And my mom had these, for what it was like a square container that food came in in the grocery store, and she would always get these things and recycle them and use them to store American cheese. So it was like mm-hmm. a square plastic container with a lid on it. So we were in this secondhand store, and my mom came across a used plastic container that fit the cheese just right. And she sent my dad up to buy this used container. And I remember specifically it was 75 cents, and my poor dad had to walk up to the guy, pull change out of his pocket you know, for a 75-cent purchase of this, uh, this plastic container. And I remember him kind of having to explain to the guy at the front desk, like, 
oh yeah, we like these because it stores our cheese in it. And I always just remember oh. how like kind of pitiful that, that yeah. had to be for my dad at the time. So, he would have been better saying uh, nothing. Yeah. Kind of a simple, quaint story, but that's uh, that's that's my memory. And it's just always one that uh, it just sticks out to me as one of those memories that will never go away. My, uh, my cousins, Vince and Pat Bruno, were the um, maybe cheaper than my family. I, it's such a... Wow. Had, well, first off, just imagine being an adult, like being your age, mm-hmm. and y- you and your spouse have one car between you. There's mm-hmm. just one car, so you have to kind of figure out, like, well, Schedule. I got to go drop yeah. her off sure. because then I need the car later on. To so they had had one car. They live in an apartment in Santa Monica. Um, there was miniature, and Pat had this thing, which was a plastic. Um, handle that you would slide half gallon milk jugs into, so it was it was like oh it was like cardboard. I kind of remember those, yeah, like they were they yeah. were cut out almost so you, so you could have a handle to pour your half. Yeah, gallon it was like milk. a sleeve. You didn't really need it, but she liked it. She's fancy. Yeah, and it was like she was one of these people that had. The had pocketbook for her cigarettes. Oh, sure. You know, it's like, I got my thing. It's got the lighter. It's yeah. got the thing. Yep. My Because Dawson, you know how you can never find a lighter when you want to smoke because yep. it's not hugging the pack of cigarettes? Yeah, like, I have the same problem with milk sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, look, if you have fucking pants, you could just, or sweat jacket, you just put your cigarettes in your pocket right. and then put the lighter right. in the same pocket. But she had her thing. Like, she, you know, unzip the thing, yep. undo it, pull the lighter out. Yep. You know, so she kind of had her sort of habitual. They didn't have any money, but they had everything that was in its place, right. you know. And um, for me, who was also probably equally as poor, I was delighted to see this handle, uh-huh. this this forty cent item. She probably got at the Quigley's or something. With the it would take the it looked half, like a pitcher with no top. Yeah, it was a half. Well, hers was. The shape of a square mm-hmm. half gallon cardboard container had a bottom on it yep. and then had kind of a floating top and you'd slide it through and kind of sleeve it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, at some point after the thing was cold and heat cycle 200,000 <laughs> times over the course of Pat's career because she'd put it in the fridge and then bring it out and right. leave it out in the counter and then the sun would hit it and then it'd go back mm-hmm. and keep cycling, you know. Delicious. At a certain point, the thing just fell apart you know it was 50 cents worth of pvc you know just kind of broke off and then once when i showed up there for thanksgiving i opened the fridge and it all been glued back together like literally just got the crazy glue out and just jv welded it completely bygone era right no you bust something now you're not fucking gluing it it never occurred to me jb weld but not pat (laughs) all right sorry jared where were we cheese cheese yeah cheese American cheese. Specifically American cheese. Containers were a big deal. Yeah. Like, that, that was a big ticket item, Tupperware. Mm-hmm. Now there's a, like a knockoff version of it everywhere. Well, you can get it at the grocery store. There's, you know, Ziploc Tupperware containers. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have to host a party. Properly disposable. Yeah. Oh, the, the little shit that the sliced ham comes yeah. in now from the deli section, that, that would have been a durable good Absolutely. at the Corolla house. Like, there would have been Full a lot of that. discussions about where that is, who's write got your, it. Write your initials on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you took it. Did you sign out? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jared. Um, John, 53, Ithaca. 
Hi, guys. How are you? Hi, hey, guy. Paul Gina. It's hey. a pleasure. I, I, I'm a huge fan, and I love you guys all to death. Is Cornell there? Is that where? Ithaca. There's, there, there's Ithaca University, a, too, right? College. College? Ithaca College. Yep. There's Cornell University and Ithaca College. Yeah, this is one of our earlier stops for me and Drew. You know, also, I was, I'm yeah. from North Hollywood, so I'd be like, where are we going? Ithaca. <laughs> What does that what mean? What the fuck is that? It's in New York. New yeah, York? Like, it's not New it's York not City? Like, no, yeah. no. There's a whole other part of New York. Like, New York, New York. Like, when you right. like on the TV. Yeah. Mm. So nice it's a big, no, big state. No, there's other big parts. <laughs> yeah. It was in yeah, the co- This is the pretty part with green and trees and, and Yeah, it's nice. And Drew, and I, I, I remember, like Drew and I took a very long walk, went to the top of a hill, ate at a diner. That's oh, my that's, that's nice. my romantic recollection <laughs> of Ithaca. Am I am I remembering this right, John? Isn't Ithaca where the Nexium sex cult was? <clears throat> Not that I recall, oh, really. Good Nexium answer. Sex cult? Good Not answer. that you recall, sure. Yep. I heard you. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I ever visited. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I recall. So uh cheap, here we go. Yes, well I have a, a father who's uh, in the construction business and he was uh, classically cheap. And uh, he used to disappear uh, for the weekends on, on the weird uh, uh, material gathering uh, trips. And he would go to uh, auctions and bankruptcies and all that sort of thing. And uh, one, uh, one time he came back with a tractor trailer load of ping pong tables. Mm-hmm. And he took the ping pong tables and just told the crew to strip off the nets and all of the stuff and all that. And then he used it for subflooring in, 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 in the houses that he was building. Uh-huh. Now, now, mind you, some of, the, some of them were three-quarters of an inch thick. Some of them were seven-eighths of an inch thick. He didn't care. He's like, eh, just throw them down and sand down any corners to stick up. Adam's getting erect. They're mostly, <laughs> and those things would have been particle board back then, or at least a lot of them, right? Was this all plot? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's hilarious because because thirty years later, when you go to tear up flooring, you still see the the green with a white line follow uh, line on the floors. It's is hilarious. it is sand? It like sand the green off or sand the? No, it's well, subflooring. No, no, they just it's... plopped. They just took the nets off and just plopped them right down and nailed them down. Right, because it's it's subflooring and that you're going to put tile or carpet or something. Right, or right. And, put, and, and, and you got it cheaper than lumber because it was you know some you know liquidation auction from a you know sporting goods store and we came back with a tractor trailer load of them. There's nothing bad than bad subflooring. There's nothing worse than bad subflooring. Why is that? Because, oh, yeah, especially when it's not even. I mean, that's a nightmare. Because it's the kind of thing. Thanks, John. You, you're um, you've tugged at my heartstrings because <laughs> the building materials thing. Because you never get another shot at the subflooring. Mm. Subflooring, you put down, you frame the house, you have your floor joists. Okay. Those will be twenty four on center, maybe sixteen mm-hmm. on center, and then you skin them. And if your guy is good, he'll put down subfloor adhesive. Just put a big bead of it out of a caulking gun on top of the joys. Get, now they have sturdy floor. It's like an inch and an eighth thick, and it's T and G. It's tongue and groove, so it, it, it doesn't like split when they yeah, butt and all that kind of stuff. And then you screw the shit out of it with, like, the right screws. Yeah, bro. And then for whatever flooring you put on top of that for the rest of your life, no squeaks, mm-hmm. no dips, no whatever. No house settling. You do it fast and cheap with the eight-penny sinkers and no subfloor adhesive and ping-pong tables. 
two years into living there, you're walking through and you feel the squeak. Right. You'll, you'll never get to it again. Oh, you, know, you have to tear up all the carpet and right. all the all the hardwood and all the everything. How do you sell that house? I I don't know. You can uh, I don't know, put a little baby powder in between the slats of the hardwood <laughs> floor and see if we can get that. But you'll always feel that flex. <laughs> feel the ping pong table. All right. Let's see. Last one. We have uh, Chris from. I don't know if this is genius or uh, madness. <laughs> yeah. The lines thin. Chris. Miho. Miho. Hey there. What's going on? Good. To, good, uh, good to talk to you, Gina. I hope your finger is healing nicely. <laughs> we've we've downgraded to a band aid. Thank you so much. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> good. Neosporin. Yep, good, I good, have good. it on there. Right on. What happened? Right on. So, so I'm sorry. What, we want to know your story. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. So my uncle, like you, Adam, was a collector of cars. Mm-hmm. However, his his collection was a fleet of shit boxes, and one of which, and maybe more than one, but I just remember one, um, no joke, the exhaust system was held up by a configuration of hangers. Code hangers. Not bad. But yeah. My, my, my point is he had a single license plate that... Depending on which car was being was 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 functioning, he would rotate that license plate onto wow. that car. Like James Bond had that rotating. That's right. Plate. <laughs> Same DB. thing. Rich man, poor man. DB five. Yeah. Um, you know the the thing about uh, thanks, Chris. The the thing about the collecting of the cars, it can be a good thing if your uncle gets the right cars. Mm-hmm. We've all. There's plenty and plenty of versions. I mean, I've shown you guys enough. You, your uncle could have bought the right car in 1971 for $13,000, and it could be worth $13 million today. Yeah. But if you just collect cars and they're all shit boxes, mm-hmm. you're fucked. It just takes up all the land. It like takes up all right. your real estate. The stuff deteriorates year in as the winters come in and the sure. wind, everything is just sort of maintaining returning right. to the earth. Someone's got to move them. They're worth less than what he paid for them. You never got any use out of them. So uh, it's a double-edged sword, that car collecting business. I You got pulled over at the wrong license plate of the wrong car. They're going to fucking impound that car, right? I guess. No. Chris? Yeah. How do you do with the law? Um... <laughs> This is deep in Pennsylvania where this happened where, you know, you had to work pretty hard. This is back when you could you could take take a trip and hit a hit a road bar and have a pop and still drive home. So he, he was okay. Yeah. He knew uh, they didn't he step to network. you quick then. Sure. Yeah. Plus right. a lot of okay. Amish around. Yeah. I, I think I think I'm gonna give the JV Weld package to Brian. I think I think He's he deserves it. There yeah. with this Canadian coin dad. <laughs> Bear shooting dad. Is he still there, Brian? Yes, I am. Thank you, guys. I, uh, I'm telling you, I could. I, I hope to call back again someday because I got plenty more stories for you. Can't wait. Well, thanks. Yeah, it, it's never one and done in the cheap department. <laughs> it's, a it's, it's an embarrassment yeah. of riches right. because you're with these people oh. for 20 years, right. and that's when they're at their cheapest. When you're, when we're just kids. scraping the surface here oh, with boy. my dad. Yeah, yeah. My my grandmother and grandfather would never throw anything out. Either that broke a plate or something, a, a you know, a mug with the handle that broke mm-hmm. off, but they would never fix it. So uh-huh. all around the house, it's worse. 
And so they're just hoarders. So when, broken when shit you, everywhere. Yeah, when you have a saucer that's broken in four places, you can't put it in a drawer. No. It, it, you'll kind of lose. They, so it would be set out. It's like a, it's like a monument. Yeah. To your lethargy, you know, it's just you pass it. <laughs> right. But what do they do? They at least lie and say we're meaning to yeah, fix it. Yeah, I got to do something about that. I I don't know. I I just I remember very distinctly being at my sister's house. 20 years ago, I haven't told this story in a long time, but it's like 20 years ago, more maybe. And uh, went to her house and uh, it was Thanksgiving and everyone went over there. And there was the old upright piano, old, old upright piano that was uh, grandpa's, grandma's old piano. And I think, I think my grandfather died and my sister just sort of claimed it. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to play it, so she took it. She had young kids. I guess the premise was we're going to teach them the piano. Sure. I don't think anyone learned to play the piano. But I was just sort of walking around with a drink in my hand after dinner, and I looked at the, I looked at the piano. I was like, oh yeah, had this big drip of tar, <laughs> tar that that hardened, of course, on just just the the side. Just it was an upright piano. Wherever the keys ended, there's that little side chunk of wood. Right. It's just there. I was like, what was, I remember that. I remember that my whole youth. And it was, it was a story. It was like, oh, they were doing the roof. They got the hot mop on and it just dropped down. It just dripped down and it just, uh, just dripped right there. There it shall stay. And there it is. And I, and I was like, it's still there. And everyone's like, look at me. Like, yeah, what are you going to do? Piano. I said to my sister, I go, give me a fucking hairdryer. And, um, a like butter a, knife. Like a popsicle stick. Yeah. yeah, it was a butter knife. Like, Give me a fucking butter knife and a hairdryer. She's like, well, I don't know what you Went and got her hairdryer and I just heated it up a little. Uh, and I just took the butter knife and it just popped right off. And I just looked at my whole family. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with everybody? Like, I'm not a hero. You guys are just assholes. Yeah. I, I stuck a, a piece of fruit roll up to the roof of my stepdad's, to the ceiling of my stepdad's room with my cousin Greg, Vincent Pat's yeah. son, in 1972 and when they tore that fucking house down in 2011 it was still there a quarter size a canadian quarter size cherry chunk of fruit roll up stuck directly above my stepdad's bed in his room because we did it goofing around. Was it covered in ants? When we were eight. The big hot tradition. Just completely petrified and it just uh, become part of the room. Part of the structural integrity the, of the house. house. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll give Brian, we have an outro. We do. Brian, the uh, JB Weld. Yeah. Tune in for more Tales from the Cheap, if you dare. <laughs> I think the, the way the math works with fruit roll-ups on your ceiling... There's a window. Yeah. That window is like two to seven, you know, zero to seven hours. There's an 86% chance you're going to remove it. I'm like an FBI profiler. You know, your kid's been abducted. Right. First 48. We go more from 48. Yeah. It's become a recovery right. at this point. Yeah. You get past that seven hour window. Yeah. Now Say there's goodbye. a 40% chance and you get three weeks from that. It shall be there mm-hmm. till you fucking hit the grave. Yeah. And there it was. The only thing that took it down was a wrecking ball. <laughs> I think there's a picture of that fucking fruit roll-up, Chris. That's in that one of my that. books I put somewhere. I have no idea why I even got it. Well, it was probably so novel. All right. Let me tell you about uh, J.B. Weld. J.B. Weld, world's strongest bond. 
pros have trusted it for 50 years plus. But why hire a pro when you can be a pro with J.B. Weld, proud sponsor of our program. I know the owner personally, good guy, great product, DIY projects, auto, crafts, plumbing, marine, and more. There's a product for you. J.B. Weld makes it. Metal, wood, plastic, glass, ceramic. Keep it in your kitchen drawer. Keep it in your craft drawer in your garage. I used it to fix uh, Sonny's shoe the other day or a couple months back. Um, I just used mine. Oh, you just used it? We literally went specifically to get J.B. Weld. finger? Yes, I finger. <laughs> I glued it back on because our dining room chairs, the the pads were kind of slipping and I didn't know how to fix it. And I'm not really good at this. I said, Andy, go get some JB Weld. And now they're perfect. Super glue was invented to fix skin, fix skin and the battlefield. The battlefield. That's amazing. There you go. Thank That's you. why you, when you ever get a little bit on your. It stays yeah. there. Uh Anyway, JB Well acquired uh, Herculiner, the original DIY truck bed liner. So if you're looking for the world's strongest bed liner. You go with Herculiner and J.B. Weld, right, Dawson? J.B. Weld is available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advance Auto Parts, Napa, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And remember, J.B. Weld epoxy products are proudly made in the USA. J.B. Weld, world's strongest bond. <laughs> there it is. It's my uh, stepdad, John's room. Got all the cracks and the plaster and the paint that's turned all different the colors. That wallpaper, wallpaper makes me so sad. <laughs> I like who's it meant for? Like a a deranged it's, child. It's, it's full of like sailing ships and cannons Civil War and, cannons and soldiers. And it's so faded and like, like a weird room to sleep in. Yeah, too. Right. All right. Okay. Uh, you can go to amcrawler.com and if you want to cry, <laughs> see the picture of the fruit roll up on the ceiling. All right. Good news. Uh, Carrie Kasem is going to join us, and we'll uh, welcome her onto the show right after this. Saving starts with internet and wireless from Xfinity. Because when you get Xfinity Internet and add mobile, you can save up to $400 a year on wireless. Enjoy fast, reliable internet at home and nationwide 5G on the go, included at no extra cost. Get Xfinity Internet and mobile together and ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back. Don't miss out. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Savings based on optimized pricing. Actual savings may vary.